All right, welcome back to the Top 4 Podcast. We skipped a week due to some unforeseen circumstances last week. Um, I did, full disclosure, think I was having a baby last Thursday, but we're still holding on. So we're going to get this one in early this week, and hopefully little baby Sisson will watch Arsenal for the first time this uh, this weekend, for better or for worse. But anyway, we've got the boys in back in town. So, Garb, say hello. Hello, Mr. Lewis. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> and you as well, Ted Jean, Ted Eno. Hello. So let's jump right into it. We had no real football. We had the women's league start or played this week, but international football was like a break for uh, Nations League. Uh, and I think we'll just jump right into it. It wasn't really much happening, but Ted Eno does want to talk about Gareth Southgate in the England setup. So go for it, big dog. Nations League. What's the point? What's the point? We're trying to make it more competitive. We go to Iceland, play against the most boring 4-4-2 on the world's face. And what what do we do? We struggle to break down a 4-4-2, which, to be fair to Iceland, did a fantastic job staying 4-4-2 in their own half. We couldn't break them down with attacking midfielders playing football for us. So what do we do? We pivot towards a team like Denmark, who are, oof, I don't know, Decent, not amazing. One that we should be two or three, probably two goals better than. And then what do we do? Oh, we we un- unleash the world's most tepid three. You know, a, a system I like a three four three with a with a box midfield kind of vibe, with no attacking midfield players, and Eric Dyer playing centre back, no left wing back, and we stick with it for over sixty minutes. Knowing that you're playing a box midfield, you're playing three four three with a with a little box, knowing that the top of the box have the most freedom in world football. Knowing that you've got Jack Grealish, the laziest, most creative player in world football, on the bench, sat around, and you give him, I think, what was fourteen minutes, in which in those fourteen minutes he created more opportunities than anybody else did in the previous seventy six. Yeah, we're going to hang on because Trippier had a free kick and then uh, Kane didn't square it to Sterling. So we're going to hang on to that because he wears a funny waistcoat. <laughs> I'm not one to say managers out, this and that. What I am going to be is we can't waste another generation of talented footballers. I'll go on another tangent. Jaden Sancho, I'm hoping he just thinks the same thing about the Nations League as I do. Otherwise... I'm struggling to see him worth thirty million, not a hundred million. He couldn't get he couldn't take on an Icelandic defender, who by the way, they sat four of their best players they didn't want to play because of COVID. So you're playing against some farmers from Iceland and he couldn't do that do them up at left back. And then today, I'm not even sure if he played. Couldn't even tell you what he did, other than I think he drew he gave a foul away in the first forty five seconds of the game. Uh to which Southgate when asked about why he played a right footed left back, he asked, Well, Show me another. Show me a left back. No, mate, that's your job because that's the scouting department to find a left back. I don't know, like maybe give Jamal Lewis an opportunity. Who's you know just going about to go to Newcastle. He's left third, had a decent season, played in the Premier League. Calvin Phillips hasn't. Just saying, your boy, boy Bakayo Saka could easily have slotted in, considering the U23s are ripping everyone to shreds right now. I mean, fuck me, mate. The Niles has played left back longer than Trippier has. Yep. I mean, I just, it was the most boring, 
Like I think the most discouraging word and the most embarrassing word you can give to a football team is tepid. Tepid. It's like, yeah, they were there. No one fucking noticed, but they were there. Kicking the ball about, hanging about a little bit. Like, Connor Cody, I thought was decent. I mean, at least he made that decision. A man who's been playing middle of a three for God knows how long. At least he's kept him in the middle of the three. Joe Gomez, I thought, was pretty good. I mean, I think where, what really set me off, and I actually walked away for about 10 minutes, was when I wanted to go through the television and say, hey, Harry, Harry, have you seen Trent play before? Yeah, yeah. When he gets in a wide area, mate, he's going to put that ball about seven yards from goal. And your job is to get to the near post and get anything on it and you score goals. And he just like was just jogging through the box and then was surprised when the ball whizzed across the six-yard box. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? Like, the most talented team we've had in, God knows, since, what, 2000, I guess? Probably 2002, maybe. You know, the Gerard Lampard's quote-unquote golden generation. And we're playing uh, Calvin Phillips, Eric Dyer and Declan Rice, who may as well just, you know, say we are the lollipop men and walk side by side because they're the same fucking player. Like, it's it's absolutely mystifying how we can put that group out in a game that, theoretically, Nations League or not, I guess means something? Question mark? Yeah. God forbid we play Belgium next. Jesus. Who are you going to play? Who's going to play next? James Ward-Prowse as a, uh, as a De Rossi centre-off and a three. What are we going to do next? <laughs> Mystifying. So, a lot to unpack there. One, I have no idea why the Nations League was even playing this weekend, but I guess they needed somewhere to, to, to park some random-ass international fixtures in there. So that's great. The first round of games were all pretty boring, and I think a lot of – I think from the same, like what you were saying about Sancho, I'm not sure like a lot of players actually want to be there. So that's one thing. Two, you got you and Lewis both said like the the whole just selection process in general players was really strange. A lot of basically charity caps and a couple when they could have just been easily putting some young players in there who they want to find out about. Uh, so there's that. And then yeah, I didn't watch any of the games, but lucky you. So I don't. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I just, judging from your rant, I feel like I gained some time back in my life over that. So, um, but I do wonder about Gareth Southgate and whether because where England are, and this is just, again, as an outsider from the 2018 World Cup, they made a semifinal, which is awesome for the country, and that's great. But, you know, to be fair, they didn't really play. I don't think they had the hardest run, to put, to put it nicely, on, on that side of the bracket. So he got a lot of goodwill off of that, and I'm not sure to be to like to make it to the next step. They're gonna have this. They should be winning these games against Iceland and Denmark, two, three, nothing, and then at least beating some of the good teams. Because you're gonna have to beat a good team to win a national international tournament anyway. At least two of them. So they should be at least being able to compete with those guys and to put Trippier, Phillips, Rice, Dyer out in a in a team like that, I don't think that tells you anything and you're not going to learn anything if, if that's what you're doing. So, I don't know. It's just, uh, Lewis, go ahead. You can go ahead and weigh in on, on your, your home lane. Uh, yeah, it was shit. Um, I think Ed spelled out a lot of my frustrations. We were texting back and forward the whole time. Um, I, 
I saw it put on Twitter, I think, by Adrian Clark, who's a Arsenal.com uh, analyst, former Arsenal player, said uh, Southgate's a good leader, but tactically uh, pre and in in game, uh, he's proven that he doesn't really make the best decisions. And I think these last two games have shown that. He seems like he spends more time trying to figure out how to stop the other team than he does trying to make the other team stop him. Um, Mm -hmm. When you're clearly the more talented team, that's never the best way to attack it. Uh, I don't know. It was was shit. Um, I would love to see a manager like Pochettino in there, someone that's creative and attacking, not the waistcoat wonder, but we'll see. (laughs) He's got a lot of... Good, goodwill built up for. Here's the thing. Like you said, thing. not a whole lot. Here's the thing, though. Like, in terms of the pregame, the tactical decision wasn't a bad one. He played four three three against uh, Iceland, who played four four two and just sharp shop, right? Which fair play to Iceland. That's their mo. They're good at it. They're well drilled. You go on for hours talking about that. Fair play. He pivoted. Went, you know, three four three. You know, three. Six one, you know, three, whatever you want to call it. He pivoted, but his squad selection—it was like it was predetermined that these players were going to play. Right, regardless. That's more what I meant, not not the actual formation, but the players chosen to fill out the formation was just so negative. I think negative is the word. I think safe is the word, yep. and like you know, it's safe. It's like you go into a hostile environment of attendance twelve. <laughs> And you and you and you're gonna play a safe lineup to ensure that you come away with a nil-nil draw against Christian Eriksen, who, by the way, it's sent shit. Eric Dyer for an absolute hot dog on the edge on the edge of the box, just with a simple turn you teach a seven-year-old. Which normally you'd be like, oh yeah, Eriksen, good body swerve, good little turn. Eric Dyer trained with him for friggin' five years. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we? Like, what are we? What are we doing? Like, I think you look at it and it's like, in coaching, you say you play a back three with three centre-halves for one of two reasons. Either you have one too many centre-backs who you can't afford to leave out, or you don't have two centre-backs that you can trust to do the job. I'll let you make your decision as to which one we're, we're in at this point. But I'm looking at that and I'm like, Gomez, I think, is, was, was decent. Maguire can't stay out of prison, so he can't play. You're looking at that, and I think ultimately you look at centre backs for for England at the moment. That's probably where we're struggling the most. Eric Dyer doesn't play there for anybody else, right? Connor Cody is kind of a boutique centre back because he plays in a system where he just plays like talking about De Rossi. He plays as the deepest of a three. He's a former centre midfielder, so I mean he's just a a makeshift centre back. You look at that. John Stones we know can't be trusted. Then you start getting into the likes of Michael Keane, who has his moments. But I honestly think that's the that's the bigger concern for me. We've got the, probably the biggest collection of attacking players, young, you know, dynamic players. We've centre midfielders. We've got decent players there. Fullbacks. If Chilwell's fit, I think he plays left back, no problem. But like you look at it, where England is stereotypically the strongest at centre back, I think we're we're probably. I'm not on the Maguire train, and people say, "Oh, Harry Maguire is eighty million pound." He sure is. And that's where I'll leave that one. But we are, we're probably, 
I think we're, we're one or two short there in terms of you look at other countries centre back depth. Yeah, historically you guys used to have Rio, Terry, Carragher, all the lads, and now you've got, like you said, Connor Cody coming in as essentially your third choice in this case because everyone else is out of. The, I guess they could, they would probably consider Kyle Walker as that in that situation at this point, but oh god, I can't even. I mean. Bobby Holding might be in the squad here soon at this rate. So, I don't know. I just can't wait for uh, – I mean, I'm just – just please appreciate the fact that Garbs and I listen to you like this. And just – you have to you have to return the favor when somehow the U.S. men's national team ever goes on a field again. When do they play again? I think it got pushed back again. Um, the, yep. they, can't de- they can't decide what the heck's going on. Hmm. So – well, I'm going to get get, yeah. get off off my soapbox now. What's the next one I can go off on? Come on, feed me. <sighs> Eric Dyer, and uh, all or nothing. How how does I just want to ask this question before we get into the actual real football? One that show is amazing. I recommend everyone watch it. We've been texting on the thread about how great it is because one, I think there's zero charisma in that squad outside of Jose Mourinho. So he's been a great addition. He's hilarious, but two. So I got two, three things. So that's one. Two, I don't understand how anyone thinks Eric Dyer is a good footballer, and it sounds like Jose Mourinho is in love with him. And number three, I've never heard, I never heard Deli Alley talk. So when he actually spoke, I was like, that was not exactly what I was expecting him to sound like. So those are my three takeaways from the show. Go ahead. Anyone else can jump in on that one. I'll go. Uh, Danny Rose. Not, not great. No, like I. If you watch the show, you'll see. And I saw, I think Ted, well, you were the one. There's no, spo- there's no spoilers here, Garb. So yeah, no, no, no. Gonna... <laughs> no, I, I know, I know. But like the whole, situation, I don't want to ruin it for anybody else. But the, the sequence when he was having his meeting with Mourinho, like I thought Mourinho was pretty straightforward with him, and like disrespectful, like a petty little kid in that meeting, and it just bothered me. I have, I have no issue with the guy going to complain about. Not complain, but just see why they're not playing. But it was just absurd the way he handled that. And I I didn't really have a thought about him, just hated him because he played for Spurs. But now I think a certain way about him. Him asking uh, – <laughs> so him going to Levy and being like, hey, what's the situation? They're like, well, Bournemouth doesn't want to pay as much for you. And Newcastle, we're still waiting on. And he's like, well, what about AC Milan? They're like, no, AC Milan didn't, doesn't want to – you on their team. Thank you, though. So Yeah. I guess my only other point is I said Daniel Levy is a cuck, and I stand by that. 100%. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Like, literally, there's, yeah. There are less balls there than there are. I, I don't know. It's it's like imagine negotiating with him. You could just destroy him. Which is weird to me because, like, everyone has held him up as some, like, standard of hardball negotiation from, like – like when they sold Berbatov to Man United and like other things like that. And I'm just like bail the same way. And it's like, this guy just seems like an absolute pushover. Like even as soon as Mourinho walks in the room for the first time, they're like, he's clearly like the beta of that relationship. And just like, Oh, for sure. It's just like immediately subservient. I don't know. And he just like, like you mentioned the NFL, like situation when they walk in and they're all in like suits and ties and he's like rocking around in like a, I don't even, he's just like casual dress. And I'm like, which is fine, I get. But at the same time, it's like, these guys are like basically your paymasters for the next few years because you negotiated this shit. And so he just was, I don't know. He just comes off as like a little, I don't know. 
just very not what I was expecting from someone who like everyone holds up to be some like standard of yeah. negotiation. Well, no, if think... somebody if somebody has some passion speaking to him, he literally gets on his knees and kisses their feet. It was like Christian Eriksen, wasn't it? When he's like, yeah. um, he's like, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, like you know, you go f- you go for free at the end of the year, and it's like, you know, if we can get twenty million euros, and he goes, well, that's not my fault, is it? That's not that's not my problem. <laughs> and it was it was very matter of fact. Like I think that entire C- series does a really good job. The City one was good. The best one is probably the uh, the All Blacks one's really. Good. I've got to watch that one. I heard it's um, awesome. But it's like you look at the City one, and you know Danny Rose. You know, I think it was <laughs> him calling out other players. I think was where he lost himself because he was obviously didn't play well. Mourinho, I thought, rather than get emotional, pointed out, well, you weren't very good either. At which point, Danny Rose, I think, himself said, well, I was shit that day. And Danny Rose went, and then Mourinho goes, well, you weren't shit. You just weren't your best. Which just, I think, was just a subtle um, yep. adju- adjustment, but also a very smart way of painting, not for cameras, I don't think, but more just for his own willingness to win the argument automatically argument finished right yep because because it because it showed the empathy of a, of a manager and a coach and the selfishness of a player who only sees his own kind of uh monologue and at that point it was all finished and then i think what what's amazing for me is levy's willingness to conduct business in the canteen yeah right like just sitting there around a the table wow i didn't think of that that seems rather strange like i think you look you're talking about and that's why I wonder, like, you, you think you saw the, um, was it Hung Min Song who mentioned to one lad about asking for a deal or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that Daniel's over there. And now I think about it, I'm like, I wonder if this is something, is it a running joke amongst the players where they're like, oh, yeah, just go ask Daniel for a deal while he's having a sausage roll. And he might, you know, he might, he might give you a deal. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, is it, is it, was it a tongue in cheek kind of poke being as we've now seen, I believe, two, negotiations like that with Christian Eriksen had one and then obviously Danny Rose had one in the, in the canteen it's an interesting uh, dynamic can I just point something out that I I don't believe that's the case because Son's just not that kind of guy oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're painting that they're painting that picture well too huh there's definitely an agenda on the show that's for sure yeah to show them that Spurs aren't Spursy and they're failing <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh Lewis, what were you? What was the thing you? Oh, about Harry Kane's motivational speech. Oh my oh. god, Rice! <laughs> I would be half asleep by the time he got done. Just like he couldn't uh, motivate me to take the bins out. Yeah, like if it was if it was bin day, I'd probably skip it and leave it to next week in the height of a Georgia summer. Like he couldn't motivate me to take the bins out a day after I peeled shrimp. Like that's that's how unmotivating that fella is. He's just like, and also like his. His his like demeanor was like he you know he's like they call him a mouth breather like his he doesn't have any really emotion he's like monotone the whole way through his his one against right before the Olympi- Olympiacos game he's like yeah we're gonna get stuck in like don't get but you know don't give up like in their face for the for the first minute and then like the very first highlight is Olympiacos score one nothing like immediately after it's just he's just not not that type of person like Hugo Lloris came in the last few episodes and starts giving me like all right there's a, there's a reason this guy's actually captain rather than. Kane, which is you know, it's and funny. to make I, and to make it clear to the listeners, we're not 
saying because Harry Kane has a speech impediment. One hundred percent. No, right. That he that that he's not able to motivate people. We're saying he's not able to motivate people because he's unmotivated. Because of the content yeah, of his a, speech. It's clearly his personality is not made for that, which is fine. Yeah. Stand up front, beer tree, score goals. Leave that for Hugo Lloris. Or to be honest, the more I see of Lucas Moura, he impresses me a little bit. Yep. Another player that I probably underestimated from a character standpoint because he's kind of like that little floaty forward that doesn't do a whole lot, but then pops up and scores two goals. But like, he's got a bit about him. Like when they said, when Jose comes in and says, "You make some noise," um, the other an extra day off, and he jumps in the middle and throws the, the laundry <laughs> basket about. Yeah. I got time for that. I got time for that. Yeah. And to be fair, Mourinho even said about Kane, like as soon as he came in, he was like, after one training session, he was like he leads by example. Not he's not like your John Terry rah 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 like he is the one you just leads through training and like actual examples and not like your actual motivator. So, and he and he's been great for Spurs. Well, yeah. Harry Kane's a he's a he's a natural goal scorer. He, he's a good penalty taker. He gets his play. He's you know his body in the right positions. You know I think for England he, he's kind of not to go back into that dark dark place I left recently, but. For England, he does a similar thing to what Rooney did at the height of his mm-hmm. kind of stardom, which was he decided to be a deep-lying, holding centre striker, where he likes to drop in and be a number six and get on the ball and then realise that he's got no one to pass to because that's his job. Um, and I think that's something that he's just... he's get He does for Spurs and he gets away with because Deli Ali is lazy and tends to get very high, which again was highlighted in this. Yep. documentary that he stays high and replaces him um, but you know I think it's uh, Harry Kane's obviously a very good player great goal scorer I just wouldn't I wouldn't hire him for after dinner speaking put it that way yeah 100% I will I say I have a question like... for you guys oh, okay go ahead I was just going to say did your opinion of anybody change because of the show for good or Jose for Mourinho bad Jose is a legend Jose Mourinho is a legend I was going to, that's what I was waiting for. Mourinho is the fucking man. Oh, I, 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 I still don't. I think he's, I think half of it is like he knows the cameras are there and he's playing up for it. So, no, I think that's him, man. I think that's him. Uh, I, I, with, with I, all. I think, I think he plays up the other way. I think he plays up like, I, what I've been impressed by, by, to be fair, has been. Whenever they do lose, which because it spurs, it's quite often. Um, I was expecting more of a like a dry, sarcastic little post game chat where he was just like having a go. He's he's very positive. Yep. Afterwards, which you know you hear about the majority of people pre Man United who played for Mourinho speak very highly of him. It's when you get to United that there tends to be a bit of a dip in kind of the players themselves. Like everybody in, like in the press has always said Mourinho's a knob. Fans hate him. But like he always had like players that just swore by him. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he, I th- he always he created like... I think it's what you see. He did a great job of always creating like a siege mentality, us versus them, no matter where he was. Until the United shit where it didn't really work out because... It was Man United, and everyone was like, "Look, you know, you guys are who you are. You shouldn't even." And it even didn't really work out at Madrid, other than the first couple of years. I, we were also, I think, watching the first few months of the season, and I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens to them this season because, like you said, Lewis, we were talking about like they kind of have glossed over the the a lot of the negative results so far. So, outside of the Chelsea 
the Chelsea one and uh, they just kind of like mentioned in passing they lost to United <laughs> like 2-1 didn't really go into that too much um, oh there's a for so. sure bias but I have to say on the Mourinho thing too like when he got that job midweek I was really impressed by the way that he got to know guys in a really mm-hmm. quick way and a really loose yeah. and relaxing way and like a seem he seems like a super empathetic guy to his players and maybe that's why guys like him a lot um and he seems like a straight shooter too and those are like two things i respect in a coach and i don't know i i think that he treats each guy differently and i imagine at united that's why he was constantly pissed at the board because i think he's one of those guys that if you don't buy in like see ya and i don't think man united got rid of a lot of those guys that didn't buy in and it seems like at spurs it's about that now where it's like half and half. So if Levy, which he never does, does something to help him, I think he can win. I think he can win there. Yeah. Also, I will say when he talks about how he's having a shit day because his dog died or whatever, and like nobody, yeah. nobody on the team besides Harry, Harry Kane is like in passing is like, Oh, what kind of dog was it? Like that was pretty shitty from the whole team to be like, don't even like ask any personal questions about it at all. So that was, that was interesting to me, but. In terms of like any, Spursy. any yeah, very spursy. Him and him also just telling them straight up that they're all nice guys and not cunts is yep. really, really great. <laughs> <laughs> straight up was like, you guys aren't cunts. Like you're just a bunch of nice guys, which is funny. But I mean, nothing's really changed for Tongan. I kind of feel bad for. I kind of like Erickson after a little bit of it, but I mean, I haven't really. I still think like I'm just waiting for them to show more of Lamella because I he's gonna, oh, I think he's to gonna be a hundred. He's 100% going to be exactly who I thought he is. I know that for sure. But... I think uh, my most, the thing I was most impressed with Jose was uh, first day of training. Deli Alley's moping around and he just walks up to him and goes, you are <laughs> fucking lazy. And I was like, love that. First day of training, not going to brush over this. But then I did like how he brought him into the office. I don't know if it was a couple of weeks after that. And he was giving him the speech about, you know, you're going to wake up tomorrow and it'll be, you know, you'll be... 45 and everything will be gone and you'll look back and wish you had done things differently so I kind of like that he did the hey here's the truth and then let me give you some guidance based on my age and having played and all that stuff so I thought that was good Um, yeah I I tend to like him more now than I used to but I still think he's he's a bit of a twat but I think he uh (laughs) I wouldn't hate to play for him because I think what you see is what you get. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. I think I do think he is. Like I don't know, I can't remember in what context it was, but somebody's claimed he was like the top two. It might even Levy was like the top two managers in the world, and it's like nope. he's he's not there anymore. Like he's I don't even know if I put him top five at this point, but he definitely has his style. Whether it still translates to the Premier League. And like what? And like obviously, he does have a historical pattern of after three years, completely blowing up teams. Over, I think it is like what what you kind of talk about, uh, Garbs. Where, in all of you, is like he has his team and like he, everyone's on board. But as soon as people start jumping off board, is when things start going yep. really badly. So, I'm interested to see how it goes. I mean, I do love the show. I think it's. I mean, as much as it's a team I don't like, it's still awesome to watch. Like the background stuff i haven't watched Sunderland until i die but i did watch the city one so i'm gonna have to get involved with that one because i heard that one is just an absolute basket case of a series in a club but um 
Yeah, they're just ridiculous. But... In so many ways, <laughs> none of which, like, tremend- yeah. tremendously positive for the people of Sunderland. However, it yeah. does make good watching. So, well, yeah. I do appreciate Enjoy. it. Um, I mean, of all of our clubs, <laughs> Arsenal is the only one who haven't had a series made out of Adam in some ways. I mean, I, there was a being Liverpool, which will always be grateful for Brendy and his three envelopes. <laughs> but... That, that was a great one, though. I think that got a lot of American people's attention of the Premier oh, for League. Sure. I think that yeah. I think that series did well for everybody. It's also why there's a ton of fucking Liverpool fans now in the country. So yep. Anyway, but well, look, let's let's take a break here. I know we had planned to talk about the Premier League. Oh, let's do transfers first, and then we'll we'll lose the second half to talk all about the Premier League, do a preview, and do predictions on where we see the the rest of the league going. So transfer wise, um Havertz has, has signed. I'll sit, I'll sit this <laughs> you one can out. comment. I mean <laughs> Arsenal haven't really done too much. City you guys have done have you done anything recently in the last week or so? Hey. Uh, nice yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, she was Hey, yeah, I can see why Foden was was chatting her up for sure. Although the missus probably wasn't too happy about that. I love the whole apology and like, oh, we're very sorry for our. Ad. It's like, come on, like you're eighteen year old kids. I think everybody can kind of get it on this one. And I also love the journalists like crucifying them, saying their England career is done and blah blah. blah. It's like, come on. Yeah, I found not, it pretty no. funny. They're not done. It's all. After, after watching today, I wish they'd open <laughs> out like this. No, um. Transfer-wise, we're Fuck having sake. one of those – I don't think the City and Napoli people work well together because um, <laughs> this is kind of what happened with Jorginho and now the same thing happening with Koulibaly and it's just dragging on and on and it's a fight over $5 million and blah, 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 and it keeps going and going and I have a feeling we're not going to end up with them because um, I've seen this before. But outside of that, they said they're bringing in two more players, no idea who. Well, we need you to sign Koulibaly so we can sell Socrates to Napoli. So that's that's a very – Lewis and I are very interested in that. Um, I heard PSG are trying to get in for him now, so we'll see. For Koulibaly? Yeah, yep. sure. That wouldn't be surprising. Um, what do you guys think about United signing Van de Beek? Anybody, go for it. Unless you have zero opinion. Yeah, I can give – my opinion is yeah. I, I don't know how it works in their yep. team. They're going to be yep. three attacking midfielders, basically, um, with a back four that's not great and a goalkeeper if they play De Gea, who's not great. They might score, but they're going to leak a ton of goals. The rumor is they're up for, in for Epo Makano too, right? Who didn't look great today. Yeah. And who just signed an extension, mm-hmm. so raised his price by like forty million. Excellent, good job. I will, I will, I will say from like a, <laughs> I will say from an attacking standpoint, I am slightly worried about United because depending on how they they deploy all their resources, I think that they'll score a ton of goals. But we'd be uh, bad if we left out Everton too. Yeah. Going into well, yeah, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk Chelsea and Everton too for sure. Perfect. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, well, it is what it is, but those are the I mean, those are the only guys really making Everton, I don't know, good lord. They went on a freaking spree the last 3 days. They've got Takori from Watford came in, Nkunku from Marseille, he's on a free. 
Allen from Napoli and then Jaime Rodriguez from Real Madrid on a is he on loan or is he a, is he official signing? It's a purchase, I believe. Nice. So I mean, you, you think about that. As well. and then the with, defender from Chelsea as well, right? Yeah, Tamori on a season Tamori. long loan. Yeah. Tamori. So I mean, good old uh, Carlo's not messing around this off season. He's making moves. So I'm interested to see how they are because they're. They could come into that dark horse category we've been talking about, but they do also have a history of signing a lot of really expensive players and not doing anything with them. So, I think I the know. manager's different this time, though. Yeah, for sure. Ted, what do you got? They're your your league rivals. Everton, you know, you got your hey. little derby against them. You are you shaking in your shaking in your boots? Oh. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> no. It's still it's it's still Everton. I mean, like, Hamid Rodriguez had a great World Cup, and has bounced. To, he's been in what one, two. Did you see that Ancelotti's the one that signed him at every club? So he's like, yeah, he's basically it hasn't worked know, out. So his uh, Jorginho then. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you, I think if he's a very talented kid. Obviously, I mean, the work in the World Cup was tremendous, but you know. It's a tough league to replicate that when he struggled in leagues that are arguably more suited for what he does. You know, like also you look at Everton, Sigurdsson and Rodriguez are probably going to want to do similar roles. You know, that kind of free, minimal defending, you know, set piece wizard kind of role. And Sigurdsson's proven. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I think that's. Obviously, Ancelotti has his, his bond with Hamas, which will help. I think it's the Decore cool. one is That's actually really probably the most important signing for them. I don't know much about Allen, to be honest. I probably should have done some research on that. But, you know, I think they signed an awful lot of midfielders, which makes you wonder. Like, obviously, they got the boy uh, Tom Gomez. Davies. They've got Gomez. They've got, you know, Rodriguez. They've got all these guys. And it's like, you know, what's... Tamori, I think, helps them a lot because obviously it's him and uh, you know Michael Keane and then who's the other lad? The um, Zuma, old Chelsea boy, right? Zuma, you know, I think fits what they want to do. So is he looking at? Is he going to play three centre backs, which would be interesting, you know? And then obviously it gives you Seamus Coleman and then the young boy out wide as well, out Digny, you know. So you've got does he play a wing backs? Does he go something a little bit differently? I mean, it's it'll be interesting. I think it's. Uh, I don't. I don't really. I think they'll still. I think they're a year away because they were really, really quite shit this year. Um, you know, I think they're a year with these players, and then another transfer window, and then you're probably looking at Everton being, you know, as competitive as they have been since what 1995. <laughs> it's a joke, but um, you know, I, I think they've they've done a, a bit a lot more. I mean, I wish Liverpool had done something. To be honest with you, like I'm still fairly. You know, unimpressed with our inability to capitalise on winning a Champions League and a Premier League in a 12-month period, if I'm honest with you. Um, and I think the pessimist in me says we fast-forward 18 months and we're looking back and going, what the hell were we doing, to be quite honest? For Liverpool, for seeing like, hey, we should have like definitely doubled down and like try to yep. keep going. Yeah, it makes sense. Yep. Yeah, I don't... 100%. Uh, I mean, there's the rumors about Thiago, but I mean, well, I mean, are, are how you long can waiting, a rumor go on? Are it's, you waiting it's, to it's sell? Tw- it's, tw- it's twenty nine uh, million. Gilfie, 
Or not Gilfie, I'm sorry. Uh, Georgie? Yeah, Ginny went on him. Ginny. Well, suppose, supposedly Klopp wants to keep him and offload somebody else, but I'm like, in the midfield, but I'm like, who who are we going to offload? Like, yeah. everybody else plays. Like, unless you're counting Shakiri, which, you know, Shakiri's only going to go, you know, somewhere where he feels like he belongs. Because yeah, he's a Premier League winner and a Champions League winner now, so he's not going to go to, like, West Brom, which is probably where he can go be week in, week out, you know, similar to what he was at Stoke. But, you know, I... Getting rid of Ronaldo makes no sense to me. At this point, I don't. I don't really understand, unless he wants more money and we don't want to give him the amount of money, which is highly feasible with FSG. But if we want yeah. Thiago for less than thirty million, being as what is it, uh, chef? Is it Villa just bought Watkins from Brentford for like twenty-eight mil for a guy I watched in the playoffs and was like, eh, like he's all right. Like, if we can get. Alcantara, who's arguably one of the, the most complete midfielders in the world at the moment, for 28. And even if the, the argument is he's 29, which you know doesn't mesh with the transfer policy, get two years out of him at 29 million. Yeah, I mean, I feel like these days. so many times with transfers now, we like overanalyze it. Where like Arsenal are dealing with this stuff right now, where it's do we? I mean, obviously, we. I feel like I'm sure Lewis would agree. We want we're heavily linked to Parde. From Atletico, who's 27, and oh, I can't even pronounce his name. Or I guess this is his name. That's probably butchering it. But the kid from Leon, who's like more of a forward creative midfielder. So we want to pump. I mean, there. Yeah. I mean, Partey's release clause is 50 million, and Atletico are just like, it's 50 million. Like you can keep coming back to us with random bids, but it's 50 million. Or is a little bit better, but Alas, who's the president of Leon, is like a well-known hard negotiator. So good luck. Like try, I, I reoffered them thirty five and Gwen Doozy, and they like laughed at us and said no. So, um, anyway, but like I think from an Arsenal standpoint, like we look at these players and we're like, why are we going after Partey? He's twenty seven, whatever. But like for a team that has the established, you know, you don't have to look at because people are saying like, oh, well, he's going to be on massive wages. You're not going to be able to move him on after three years. And it's like, well, you give different value to your team based on, you know, if you're if you're going to take them to the next level, if you're going to. You know, like if, if Liverpool, for example, signed Thiago and they think that keeps winning them the league and gets them another Champions League, like his value at that point is way more. And 30 million is nothing these days. So I think sometimes we they kind of try to overanalyze these te- or teams at least try to do. And it's in some cases, just like just make the move for somebody who's, yeah, you might not get a great sell on fee after the fact or it might be harder to move them on later on. And look, Arsenal don't have a great track record right now signing older players that at the end of their contracts with massive wages. But so maybe that gives people pause, but like if Partey's going to be the one and I'm not saying he is, that's going to get us from Europa League to Champions League possibly. Then, you know, and he's 27, make the deal and just deal with it at the end of the day, at the end of the contract and we'll figure it out from there. But ideally what we want to be doing is getting back to the Champions League and then from there making the next step up. I mean, I think we are literally in the same spot as where Liverpool were five, six years ago where they're trying to figure out and build for that long-term project. And some of the, I'm, I've been pretty happy with our defensive signing so far. We've got young studs, supposedly guys who are 22, 19 that are going to be around the club for a while. It looks like the Louise signing extension was there in mind to like, at least help them adapt. And Ceballos is a good, a good, another loan. He's going to slot back in because he doesn't have anything to learn from that. So, 
we'll see what happens. Um, Lewis, what's your take here? Are you like, you still, I don't know, from an Arsenal standpoint, you still think OR happens or whatever, th- however you say? I think he's the missing piece if Arteta wants to play a 4 3 3. Yeah. You know, everyone's excited about um, getting Ceballos back, which I, I am too. He gives us something different than the midfielders that we have, but he played for us last season and uh, we still couldn't create anything. So clearly there's still a hole there. We don't have anyone proven that can fill that hole. Awar is somewhat proven. Um, I can I understand that signing more than I understand the Thomas Party signing. Right. Um, unless you're going to get him and someone else, which I don't see us having the money to do that. My other concern is uh, is up front. Lacazette, I don't, I don't think, is ever going to be the player that he was a couple of years ago. He just is doing the Harry Kane England kind of thing where he just drops in and plays like a number eight or a number six. And then Orba has to create everything. So I would love to get rid of Lacazette and get someone young and threatening in there um so it doesn't look like that's happening and that's kind of a concern moving forward because it'll just be the same as it was this year where you know orba has to do everything he's the only one on our team that will score uh which is a never a good good thing yeah i mean at this point no well the rumor is that he has signed it but they haven't announced it but until that comes out that's a massive concern yeah yeah i mean like when, yeah, when's, he, when's he expire next year? And he's the, what, 31? Yeah, I mean, we're not going to get any value out of him when we sell him. or if he no. is, But at this point, he's worth more. His value to the club is way worth more because at this point, like you said, I I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against 95% of our goals being scored by Alba from the season at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That's the question, isn't it? How how do you quant- mm-hmm. how do you quantify right. twenty twenty five goals? So, and and I think he's the one player on our team that if you went to fans of most clubs and you said, Hey, Orba's suddenly on your team, would he get into the first team? There'd be very few teams that would one hundred percent say no he doesn't. You know, he's a top, top player in the world and he happens to play for us and we don't really deserve him, if I'm honest. No, uh hundred percent agree. At this point, so need to we we need to tie him down for a couple more years and try and build while we have him. Yeah, it'll be interesting the next few. We still got to October sixth, so we almost got a little bit over a month left. But again, like some teams will be three, four games into the season before the final window shuts. So I would rather, as a team, be uh, be set by then. But I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. And we also have to sell a bunch of players there. Theoretically, we're supposed to, but who knows what's going on right now. Um, let's talk Chelsea real quick. So, so far, they've got Timo Werner in from Leipzig, Hakim Zayek from Ajax, Ben Chilwell from Leicester, Malang Saar from Nice, Thiago Silva from PSG, both on freeze, and then Kai Havertz just signed for Bayer Leverkusen. And what what is there's a goalie coming in, too, I believe? Yeah, Mendy from Ren, Ron. Ren, Ron, yeah. yeah. Back of those guys, yeah. So, and then there was one more that I was reading about. I can't remember who it was. I sent it to you guys. Um, someone for thirty million pounds. I can't remember what position he played. Now it's going to kill me. But um, defender just, of some description. They're just basically trying to revamp their entire squad. But again, they still have 
Well, I guess if Mendy is signing, Kepa is probably gone at that point, or at least he's not going to be starting. But their defense is still of all the things. They must. They're probably bringing Thiago Silva in just for for mentorship of some of those younger defenders. But yeah, again, I think they're kind of in a United situation where they're scoring a ton of goals, but maybe you really would get the back. Uh, I know you want to talk about them, Garbs. What, what do you say? No, I mean, I don't have much to say outside of that stuff. They're they're buying up everybody. Um, I think the biggest thing for me that comes out of it is the expectations of, like, Lampard's on the hot seat immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got to win now with what they've put in. And you know their board and their owner. If they don't win now, I think it's going to be a short tenure for Frank. They've never been a club to give a manager any time whatsoever. They've had managers win the league and be out the next year. Um, So I think the hot seat's seriously on him to perform. And he's got a bunch of different guys coming into a team. It's not like they're adding one or two pieces. So he's got his work cut out for him. And uh, I expect the first signs of things not going well, he might be gone. The player I was thinking of was... uh... Declan Rice was who they've been linked to, supposedly. Gotcha. Which, I mean, hmm. they have Kante, they have Jorginho, but not impressed with either of them recently, to be honest. Yeah, and he's true. best mate. So I, I can see that happening. I think Rice is good in that uh, number six role. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that would be. He's really good. He's really good when you play two guys with him. Yep. Exactly <laughs> Solid, I'd say. Just they're really Tuesday good at Tuesday and Declan, Jorginho, and Mason Mount will will be pretty decent. Well, Mason Mount's a little bit different, but anyway, Jorginho, Kante, and uh, <laughs> and Declan Rice would be a fantastic, you know, side to side. If you move the goals and stick them on the halfway line, facing each other, like I think he'd be in a a really awesome. good place going side to side. All right. Well, let's leave it there for the first half. And then the second half, we'll do the, the Premier League preview and we'll do some predictions on some topics, which we'll get into in a sec. All right. Welcome to the second half of the Top Four podcast. This one, we're the second half, we're going to be focusing primarily or specifically on the Premier League, we do know the season starts on Saturday, 7 a.m. Arsenal versus Fulham, and then the rest of the games are to follow. Um, it's excited. We're pumped to have the league back. There's also talk of games having fans in the stadiums in October, so we'll see how that goes. Um, it must be nice to live in a competent country in some regards to sports. Um, let's go. We're going to talk about the champ. We're going to get to do some predictions. We're going to talk about who we think are going to be Champions, we're going to talk top four, top six, a dark horse, um, breakout players, any young players to watch, and then also talk about who's in the hot seat, which Garb has already kind of alluded to one or one manager already. Um, but let's just start straight off the bat. Champions, I would say if to put in this category, it's still between Liverpool and City. Would anybody disagree? Garbs, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, I, I, I think until – I mean, even at Christmas, if somebody's tight, I don't, I don't know if they'll be able to finish the year that way. I still think that's top two. Tedinho, are you predicting not in the top four this year? Um, we'll be top four. I don't, 
I think it's going to be difficult for us to keep up with people spending 200 million and we're spending uh, zero. So you, Lewis, what's your take? Do you think, you think Chelsea could even challenge or United maybe? Yeah, I think, I think Chelsea's more likely than United probably. Um, Yeah, I have my, my order of of what way I think it'll finish, but I think Chelsea will make it closer. And I think the top three will be significantly tighter than it was this past year. Do we think, yeah, that's my, do we think we're going to see like a runaway? You think we're going to see like a two, two, two way horse race? Do we think it's going to be a lot closer for, for at least three, like you said, top three? Do we think there's going to be one team that runs away with it like Liverpool did last year? I think it's going to be a lot closer, not only because the teams at the top have spent a lot, you know, Chelsea and them, but um, Everton, you know, has spent a lot of money. Leeds signings have been pretty, pretty, pretty good. I mean, I think overall the level of the league is probably higher this year than it was last. Uh, so I think it's going to be more difficult for the teams at the top just to reel off win after win after win. Yeah, that's fair. I think we're also, especially at the beginning of the season, we're going to see how teams again. I mean, we teams don't have much, haven't had much rest at all. So we're going to see how injuries and squad depth, hashtag squad depth, uh, affect the the teams. We're also going to be – I think it's going to be pretty – I don't know. I think we're also going to – I think it's going to be pretty – asking. I think it's going to be asking a lot to not see certain teams come up with COVID infections and how that affects teams. So, I mean, the French League's already had some issues and uh, City already had two guys already knocked out for the first round. Um, so – I'm interested to see how that kind of plays into it, but I think if we're just going off straight squads and spending, then I think, yeah, if we're looking at it, City probably are my number one. Liverpool behind them, and then Chelsea could, you know, make a push at it. Um, So, I don't know. I'm interested to see how it is. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive, too, uh, from, like, the league on down. I think the the teams coming up are a little bit better um, than they were last year. And then I think... We'll talk about relegation candidates here in a little bit, but I think there's one or two teams that could definitely go down. But uh, yes, <laughs> West Ham, they West are Ham. definitely on the list. <laughs> they um, fucking joke of a club at this point, but uh, yeah, I'm just interested to see. Like, I think other than a couple of the West Ham and some other teams, that it's going to be pretty competitive home and away. So I'm excited to see how it goes um, for sure. So my champion in this case prediction will be City. Uh, Ted, who you got? Oh, I'm gonna go with there you go. Liverpool will win it. Uh Lewis? City as well. Okay. Garbs. I think yeah, I have to pick us. You don't have to. No, I, I do. I, I believe it. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Alright, so from there we've got three cities and one Liverpool. Top four then I would imagine all four of ours range out or round out. Uh, but what do you think? Let's, uh, Lewis, let's start with you in your top four. Explain okay. yourself afterward, too. All right. So I'm going to go City win, Liverpool second, Chelsea third. And this is with my heart. Arsenal find a way to come uh, finish fourth. Uh, so the first two, I think, are pretty obvious. Chelsea, because they're spending a billion pounds. Um, and then Arsenal, because... I still have hope because we haven't played a game yet. <laughs> I like it. 
What are you thinking, Ted? Um, Liverpool one, City two, Chelsea three. Ooh, Mourinho, oh, that, that's what I. That's disgusting. that's what I have too. Just, just disgusting is the right word, Lewis. God. He's got. He's had a. He's got a full preparation to go full shit house. Hundred percent get a jumping. Cody. Is that who he signed? No, Hoybier. No, Hoybier. No, he signed Matt. Doherty, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, Doherty from. Um, just more. So Gar- more yeah, people to kick people. It's great. Yeah. So Garbs, we're just we're switching City and Liverpool, and then you're doing Chelsea Spurs too. Yeah, Chelsea Spurs. God, I. I I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. When we get on to top six, you'll appreciate my next pick. Uh, I think this is actually the hardest, like between top five, top six, and top four. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm going to go City, Liverpool. I think United are going to finish third, unfortunately, and then Chelsea. But I think, like, I think for me, the caveat is <laughs> if things don't go well, Chelsea, I could see it easily imploding. Pretty quickly, yep. uh, with Lampard there, I I like want to say Arsenal top four. I think maybe if we make another signing or two, but I think it's a year too early at this point. But who knows? I am at least excited about where the project's going. But I think if it is, I mean, it's. I think if you want to put City and Liverpool in the top two, then between three, four, five, and six, you've got four or five decent teams I can get in there. We haven't even talked about Wolves or anything like that. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting and exciting. Um, I'm hoping it's closer. I think, like, before the restart last year, we thought it was going to be kind of a battle. And I guess it kind of did turn into that a little bit. Poor Leicester. I mean, good Lord. Talk about a collapse. But, um, yeah, we'll see. So so, so that from there, we've got the next two spots you're going to fill out in your top six. Uh, Lewis, who do you have in that situation? Yeah, like like you just said, I think this is the toughest part, right? I mean, there's yeah probably four or five teams that could fill this out. I've had, I had Arsenal finishing fourth, and we could very well finish seventh or eighth or ninth. Um, right. Fifth, I will go United, and okay. sixth, I will go with Wolves, just because I want Spurs to just finish like twentieth. It'd be great. <laughs> I appreciate the hate. Garbs, what are you thinking? Let's hear it. You said you were going were gonna to appreciate this. Yeah, I have Arsenal fifth. I think Arteta has good momentum, whether, I mean, simply winning a trophy and a kind of trophy is a little bit of momentum. I think that makes the players believe him, whether he's right or wrong. And I guess we'll kind of find that out this year. Um, but I, I believe in it and I have, I was between Everton and United for six, but I decided to, <laughs> I'll put United there. Um, I just have a feeling with them, they've spent a, a lot of money they have a lot of talent on their team, still don't have guys in important areas. And I think that the pressure's on Ole this year. And my greatest fear, to be honest, is that he gets fired over the holiday period and somebody else comes in because... They do have a talented roster. Yeah, there's a lot of good managers sitting out right now that yep. that I'm like really worried. I mean, whether Spurs blow up again, 
I mean, United, the, the big specter over Ole is always going to be Pochettino. So, I mean, God forbid they actually pull the trigger on his ass. Uh, is Allegri still out or no? Did he Has he picked up a club yet or no? I can't. I, mean, I don't I'm think Google. so. While I Google him, Ted, go for your, go for your top six. I don't while know, I to be honest. Allegri. Fifth. Mm, fifth Arsenal, sixth okay. United because Ole's at so the Allegri's not. He is a free agent currently, so he's still out there. Um, mine, England manager, yeah. England hey, manager. As, uh, well, actually, he would probably be terrible as the United States men's national team coach. Um, let's see here. So, I mean, I'm going to have us as fifth and then Arsenal. As fifth, so you can have a split. <laughs> I can have, I'll have Arsenal. Oh, okay, Arsenal I was like, in no, whatever you're, whatever then, you're into. Uh, I mean, at this point, I'm gonna put Wolves as sixth. So, anyway, leaving Spurs out of the top six altogether, but whatever, who cares? Okay, let's talk dark horse. I guess last year, would we agree that Sheffield United were the dark horse for the season? Sheffield or Wolves? Yeah, I'd probably put Sheffield, but yeah, I guess both both are good shouts. Who are you guys? Who's just go ahead and whoever wants to jump in. Who are you thinking is going to be your breakout this this season? Leeds. I think Leeds is what I've seen a lot of people say, but how many? And that's mostly because Sheffield United did it. But how many times has that happened? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Everton just because they've spent so much money, even if it's all been on the same area of the pitch. Also, what now, get, what get like qualifies bin. as getting the like bin. Leeds being a breakout dark horse? Like, do they? I saw somebody post about top four, and I was like, That's I did not as well. That's nuts. <laughs> I was like, get the fuck out of here. But I mean, what would qualify for them to be in Europe, or like even? I feel like even like eighth or ninth would be a pretty good season for them. But I don't know. Top half, I, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah, anything tenth and up for them would, would 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 be huge. Their whole goal, I think, right now is just to establish themselves as a stalwart in the Premier League, which is where they should be anyway. So, as yeah. less shit, just try, yeah. that's what they're trying to do. They're try, trying to be less. Try don't shit. just be less shit than West Ham and two other clubs. That's basically what their goal is. Garbs, who you got? Try not get to outshot thirty six to three again, like you did a couple of years. We ago. did that to Spurs this year and lost. That's what was that the game, uh, was was that the game that they they had in the show. No, but that one was. I'm sorry, I think that was like twenty one to two in shots. But the first time we played them, it was it was thirty one to three in shots, and we lost. That is a Jose special. That was with Pochettino, oh, wow. actually. The first one, yeah. That was it. All right, I'll go dark horse. I'm I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna doing this for my boy Joe. Oh. I'm doing this. <laughs> oh, when the Saints. <laughs> no, I think they have a decent squad, decent manager. <laughs> I think <laughs> that they can kind of cement themselves in the top half of the table this year. And I think that's what I mean by dark horse. I'm not saying they're pushing the top four. So I actually to uh, to appease my boy Joe as well. I was gonna, as an olive branch, 
I was going to actually say <laughs> Southampton as well. <laughs> oh, fuck you shit on that club and hope for them to go down. Now you're like, you know what? I think they're good, actually. They're, they're all right. He's trying to do the opposite of what happened last year. He's to go in reverse. Yeah, that's right. This one. I'm like, it's just, I got my fingers crossed and my toes crossed and everything like that. But I think, to be fair, Farka's done a lot of – not Farka, um, Hass, Hassel. What's his name? Hassel. Uh, Hassan Hoodle. Has a noodle, yeah. I think he's David Hasselhoff. Yeah, have he's done actually like a really great job, especially after the fact that you know everyone talks about how they lost nine nothing to to Leicester, and then they actually end up taking more points over the final rest of the season than Leicester did. So he's got some good players there. I think Hoiberg, I guess, is a sort of a mini loss to them, but something they've been really good at is recruitment for the most part. I think they're definitely going to establish themselves in like the top eight or so this season. Which, if if they do that, I think that's a pretty pretty damn good season for them for sure. Um, so they're my dark horse. I mean, you've got a ton of other ones. We could we could put a Wolves in there. Although I don't know if we would consider Wolves being a dark horse anymore at this point. But um, I think Leeds are a good choice. You've got establishment of a top half team is is possible there. And then um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you could almost say, like I said, you could almost put Arsenal as a dark horse just to make a top four. I think if you make a top four run like Lewis has, that's, that's a pretty pretty damn good season as a dark horse. But we'll see. Uh, breakout players. Who's everyone's go-to here? Uh, let's start with you, Ted. As much as I've ripped in playing for England, I do think Calvin Phillips is going to be very good for Leeds in the Premier League doing an actual job in a system <laughs> by a coach that has one. I think he'll be I think he'll be he'll be Are you good. guys excited to watch Bielsa this year? Massively, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I can't wait. It's gonna be so yes. it's gonna be so fun. So I'm ho- I'm hoping he goes down the goes down to Chelsea and spies on them a little bit this season as well. Just to get Frank's all fucking pissed off. But <laughs> Did you did you I'm looking forward to that to be honest, to see Frank and, and Bill Chipping off at everybody. Obviously, Frank now is this <laughs> holier-than-thou coach who who, who today had, had to apologise. I guess he said he, he didn't apologise. He um, admitted he may have overreacted during the touchline spat. With, uh, with Klopp. Um, which, fair enough, but yeah. Yeah, which we all knew to be true. Um, did we see that, I guess, Leeds... 23s in the EFL trophy today lost seven <laughs> Southampton Stanley. <laughs> and, but I but I think the the team they put forth was so young that on my the app I used to track scores, they called it the <laughs> Leeds United Academy. So I think it, I think it, I think it may well have been like the proper young lads. But yeah, it was one, two, three, four. Oof, gross. It was six oh, nil inside sixty. A goal minutes. every ten minutes. That's not great. Oh, which academy or otherwise? <laughs> no. Not who good. wins in a fight between Klopp and, and Fat Frank? Yeah, that's. Oh, I think Frank. That doesn't Frank. matter. Klopp's Frank's wild younger, man. He's a freaking crazy dude. I think that'd be a good bout. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a good bout. Klopp's Klopp's insane, man. He's like the guy you do not want to. He's the guy you you like think is a weak a weak pushover in the bar and turns out to be like a black belt in judo. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I... 
He's got he's, he's got a good he's got a good banter as well because he basically when when Frank was throwing his toys out the pram, Klopp was basically <laughs> on the verge of giggling at him. Like he just looked, he just he just you could tell he just looked at him and was just like, "Are you serious, mate? You spent ten and a half grand because you want to play off semi final." Are you sure that, that just his teeth just look like that all the time and it looks like he's giggling? <laughs> but his teeth are brilliant, aren't they? To be fair. You know what I mean? Like, is his teeth are to Liverpool Ooh. what Arteta's Ooh. Barnet is to Arsenal right now? And Pep's baldness is to see. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he embraces. I'm the pretty sure he can grow like full hair. He does it anyway. He's like Conte. Just yeah. No, Pep? he's got kind of the Ooh. one spot in the middle. He, he could. Oh, he's got like he could the, the Zidane like triangle that Zidane used to have. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's he's <laughs> he's good. got the Galapagos on his forehead. Allegri, Allegri, Allegri used to be completely middle. bald when we got hair plugs. Speaking of, of the David Silva, yeah. the David David Silva American history is still the greatest haircut of the Premier League for me. <laughs> <laughs> Out of all guys to look <laughs> yeah. like that, it was him. That's what just was hilarious. I was hilarious. like, wait, who is this guy? When he first came out, I was like, oh my god, that's Silva, amazing. So great. So all of our managers' superpowers are derived from hair or teeth. I like it. Okay. Uh, who is your breakout player? Um, I'm going to go with uh, – I was going to go with Calvin Phillips, but I'm going to go with Danny Ceballos. I thought he was decent this past year, but I think uh, he'll come into his own a little bit more. All right, Danny Ceballos. Uh, Garbs. Who are you going with? Is it your boy Laporte? I'm going with the uh, I'm going with the quarantine boys. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take both of them. I think their heads are in the right place, so I'm going Foden and Greenwood. <laughs> <laughs> They're both likely to score. <laughs> uh, based on their in all facets. based on their chat, I would imagine not at that point, at least yeah. off the field. Jesus. That was like two high school children talking to a girl for the first time. What did, what did he say? He goes, or she goes, we can come over. And he goes, well, what do you mean? What are you going to do? And like, she's like, what do you mean? What is it? What do you think we're going to do? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> God. Yeah. Foden has a kid already. <laughs> that was amazing. Garbs. I was blown away Gar- by Garbs that. Last, Garbs last away. night found out for the first time that like one of his favorite players is a kid and a wife at like the age of 18. He just was, oh, oh, couldn't believe it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> No wife, no wife, just a, baby, just a, just a just, high school sweetheart. Yeah, high school sweetheart. Yeah. Foden sweetheart. At, Baffled. Yeah. Like, the fact yeah. that that kid can reproduce is wild. You're still in high school. <laughs> How, I think the kid's, like, two years old, too. <laughs> they had it, like, a couple years ago. I always thought it was, like, his nephew or his little <laughs> yeah. brother or something. <laughs> <laughs> No idea, phone. <laughs> the meme going around. He's a, he's tough in the streets, yeah. man. <laughs> the meme going around with Gary Neville's face is so funny. It's just like when you find out that Foden actually has a missus and a kid at home. Mm, not a good look, Bob. <laughs> so good. Oh, all right. Um, so breakout player for me, I'm gonna go Bukayo Saka. And just because he was on the verge last year, interesting to see where he plays. 
I'm gonna give also a shout out because you know Garbs is giving two team two kids. I'm gonna do a Willian because I don't think he's gonna be nearly as bad as everyone thought he he's gonna be, and I think he actually might end up playing a little bit more in that creative hole than than uh, than we thought. So anyway, those are my two. Who said he was gonna be bad? No one here. I don't know. Maybe I think it's just like the I think the perception is just like was that a necessary transfer? We're paying him so much money, but I think he might be end up being pretty pretty damn decent and. I know, Lewis, you just you talked about earlier about how, like, Lockdown's not playing in the front row. I've seen a lot of the training videos that actually Pepe's been playing through the middle and William's been playing right. So that's interesting to me. So we'll see how it goes. But I think he's actually going to be – yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe the perception is more just, like, he's not a bad player. People just think the deal was dumb. But I think he's actually going to be pretty decent for, for the team. So, All right. Uh, first manager to be sacked. So who's on the hot seat here, boys? David Moyes. <laughs> Oof. Okay, Lewis. They can pay. They can. They can pay him. <laughs> they can pay him off again. Again. Yep. Garbs, I'm, are you going with Lampard? No, I'm going with the Oli. Oh, nice. Ted, I think if things don't go well for them at the beginning, he's gone. Yeah, he's. I mean, there's. He yeah, like like we've been. Like we said, there's a there's a ton of good managers out there waiting for a job. So, first to be sacked. I mean, Watford got relegated. Otherwise, they're odds on. Um, <laughs> you can still pick them. Just the yeah. first first one to get sacked the championship. Yeah, I will do that. Watford's first one championship, hundred percent. Um. I hate to say it, I think he's decent. I'm going to go somewhere just off, off the cuff here. I think Scott Parker at Fulham. Mm. Ooh, that's a good shout. I think they'll struggle again. What about Prendon? Rogers? do you think if they if Leicester starts out the season in the same vein of form that, that they finished it in, I mean, that would be a massive fall from grace for them to just keep being mediocre. I don't know. Good I question. mean, it's a good question. I like what is let? I mean, I think, I think last last the restart for them was absolutely catastrophic. They should. There's no way they. I mean, Reek predicted they wouldn't finish in the top four, but there's no excuse that they shouldn't have. So that to me, yeah, we we did absolutely get it right. Yeah, uh, we nailed that. Hashtag, <laughs> yep. hashtag top four pod. Yeah. Uh, Instagram episode site is literally episode one. Go on there and, and check it out. Um, but. I don't know, man. I think he. I think Lester's like his level, to be honest. But yeah, he could. I don't know, like how how aggressive have his, have their owners been? Like how they they sold Chilwell for eighty, sold or whatever it is. I don't know, like have they made any big signings or anything? Or are they just kind of hoping to stick to Europe and see what happens? I'm asking. I, I don't know. I don't think stay, they've stay done relevant, much besides the outgoing. Yeah, I think they're trying yeah. to stay relevant. You know, they've made a lot of money there. Like, I mean, Chilwell for 50 million is enough to the way they do business, which is quite good to probably get. So, you brought, so they have one signing in, Timothy Castagne from Atalanta, who I've Proper never shit house. Proper shit house. So there, yeah. so there you go. So, but they also have the Maguire money from the year before. And the Mares money's out there too. Yeah, they've. I mean, they've brought in a lot of dollars plus. Con- Conte, when, don't mean, forget to sold Conte to Chelsea. So, 
I mean, I think that's tough on him if you sack him for them not starting great because think of what we just said that they've lost in the last few years and they haven't done much to bring in new. Yeah. I mean, they still have Soyuncu. Um, Madison's still there. Barty's still there. Harvey's Elliot's still there. Yeah, Harvey Barnes. Yeah, Harvey Barnes. I mean, they've got a. De- I mean, I feel like they're going to be a solid Premier League team, but they might start falling quickly into that realm of just part of the furniture, but not really ever challenging for too much. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think. Yeah, Lewis. I think if you actually looked at them and like started putting together like, let's say nine games in, they've only won like three games or two games, and putting combining it with last year, the end of last year, like because there's not there's not much time between the end of last season and the start of the season. Everything's still fresh in everyone's memory. It could he could suddenly find himself in a pretty bad situation. I think that's one of my that's the other thing I think that's going to affect a lot of the season is like where usually you have three months between and pro and this year would have been an international tournament to like kind of take your mind off how either shittily or well you played last season. Now we don't really have that. We've got like three weeks and it's back on. So everyone's still kind of thinking about what happened last season, at least towards a restart. Cause I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like the restart basically or restopped football right after pretty much the Liverpool Atletico game. And that feels like years ago. So I don't know. It's kind of like, Interesting to me, but I'm going Lampard just because of obvious reasons. And if they don't start well, and it's going to be really hard to gel six to seven to eight players together in one in one team quickly. Um, and I'm pretty sure they'll they are very. I don't know. He's a club legend, though. That's the only thing that he's got going for him. But if with that kind of investment, if they don't do very well and they're not challenging for the title or at least top four, I could easily see them. Dropping, dropping the hammer on him. That's just me, though. I think Moyes is a good one for sure. Ole, I think Ole is just gonna have to live with Pochettino over his head for the rest of until he gets signed by somebody. So, anyway. All right, that's our prediction. Is there any other ones you guys wanted to add in there? Any other comments you want to talk about? Like, what, what are you guys most excited about for the league? Just starting, just football in general. Is there anything? else that you're like excited to look at and watch uh just having something other than the nation's league to watch (laughs) uh we didn't go about who's going down we should predict who's gonna go go down yeah relegation for sure i can start with that one i think we We did did. no we didn't i think we did like last episode maybe Mm. but i think we have more knowledge now anyway yeah for sure all right let's just go go ahead all right, I'll quickly do do mine then. I'll go West Ham, easy one. I'll go West Brom, and I'll go Brighton. Okay. Garbs, what do you got? I'll do the same first two. West Ham, West Brom, and Fulham. Tadinho. Right, West Ham, I think. Fulham, and then that's a good question. I think West Brom will struggle. Unoriginal, but I think they'll struggle. They so West Ham, Fulham, West Brom? Yep. So we all, all picking Villa to stay up then. 
Oof, that's the one. That's the one I forgot. I think Villa. Actually, you know what? Villa just spent thirty million on a guy who's fairly average. Let's give Let's give Scotty Parker a chance here. He can stay up, and we'll go for the uh, Villa West Ham West Bromwich. See you in a bit. All right, I'm going West Ham Villa and Brighton. Brighton. Yeah. I'm not. I they've escaped by the skin of their teeth the last few few seasons. I mean, I could easily throw Newcastle in there for God's sake at this rate. Who knows? But they're they're spending. They're getting some players though. Callum Wilson will score goals. Yeah, that's they do. They do need. They did need him. That was a huge, a huge get for them because they had nobody except Carroll before that. So, um, although although West West Bromwich do have Slavin Bilic at the helm, which. I mean, he'll scare a couple wins out of him. He's definitely got to be. He's definitely on the on the uh, to be sacked list for sure. He's up there first. Um, so yeah, West Brom. Uh, what I say? I'm sorry, West Ham, Villa, and uh, Brighton. So. All right, good stuff there. All right, what's our what's our predictions here? Come for the for the first first weekend here. Week one. Yes. All right. We're gonna, so in order, we're going to go Adam, Ed, Darwin, and myself. Uh, so we have Fulham hosting Arsenal half past seven in the morning on Saturday. Fulham v Arsenal. I'm going to go four uh, one Arsenal. Oof! Oof. Yeah. with four. Wow. Alba with all four. <laughs> <laughs> all right. He's going to win the golden golden boot just off his first two games. Uh, Scott Parker two, Mikel Arteta one. Oh, <laughs> at seven thirty in the morning, you can do that to me. Unbelievable. Cubs. Arsenal three, Fulham one. I'm gonna go uh, Arsenal two, Fulham one. All right, let me have uh, Liverpool hosting Leeds that same day. Ooh, uh. Two nothing, Liverpool. Cadinho, that's got goals in it. Three two, Liverpool. Four one, Liverpool. I think Liverpool tight first half, and then welcome to the Premier League moment. Second half. Hmm. I'll go. Uh, hmm. Go two 0 as well to Liverpool. All right, then we have uh, Jose Ancelotti with the uh, matchup Spurs hosting Everton on that's Sunday. The mid- that's that's the midday game. The uh, final. No, game? that that's on Sunday. Oh, Sunday. Uh, Ancelotti and Jose. One nil, Jose. Hmm. Go the barnstorming nil nil. <laughs> just a, a a winning a winning formula for both those teams after yeah especially so, so. <laughs> yeah I'll go I gotta do my Mourinho one now I'll actually go uh, 2-1 Everton Walcott with the winner I think Richarlison is being a complete shithouse up front gets it done I will, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and predict a red card in that game though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 
uh, West Brom hosting Leicester, also on Sunday. Ooh. Ooh. Damn. Two-two. Uh, what was that one? Sorry, I lost. West Brom out. hosting Leicester. Oof. West Brom Leicester. Oh, I think Leicester will give him a Vardy will, will have a party. Three 0 Leicester Cruz. I was gonna say the same, so I can't. Um, two 0 Leicester. I'm gonna go West Brom. Starts off uh, the Leicester slide in a two-one win. <laughs> You're just really cheering for Brendy to get sacked. Yeah, because he's got a great <laughs> character. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Monday game, uh, Sheffield United hosting Wolves. Oh, that's a good. That's a really good game. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. She- I'm gonna say Sheffield uh, three or two one. Two one. Ooh, that'd be somewhat of an upset. At home, she- Sheffield's at home. Yep. I guess. I guess it doesn't really matter without me. No. Two <laughs> 0 so, yeah. uh, Portugal. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but Wolves have more more Portuguese players than something like four of the top six teams in the in the Portuguese, Portuguese. league. <laughs> <laughs> Which is class. Um, two one Wolves. Their new signing, by the way, looks like Fabio Silva. He just looks like a weird. Like I don't know, people. He just looks really strange to me. Just a weird looking dude. Is he the seventeen year old? Uh, no, he's the, um, he's like the tall, skinny guy with long hair. Or maybe he's 17. Uh, yeah, they, they oh, just he's broke he's their 18, transfer yeah, he, yeah, record. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, 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 he just turned 18. You're right, yeah. yeah. From, uh, where did he sign up from? That's from Portugal. Porto, of course, yeah. <laughs> he's just a weird-ass looking dude, though. I'm going to go uh, 2-2 draw, Sheffield United and, and, and Wolves. All right, so there we nice. go. Perfect. Well, I cannot wait for the banter to start Saturday morning at 7.30. Or probably oh. more like 7 a.m. It's going to be amazing. I hate that I've got to wait a week. Oh, that's right. Going. You guys don't play. Oh, yeah. No, not till the following Monday. Well, that's all right. You can you and, you can still troll Arsenal like you and Ed love to do in the morning. <laughs> let's let's, be, <laughs> that will let's be serious. Yeah. That will happen. You can You can get your Mourinho jabs in. You know, whatever you want to say. No, I'm big Mourinho guy now. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. yeah. Those aren't jabs. Those are <laughs> Oh, no, yeah, so now I have to interpret all of your Mourinho comments differently. Wait, well, so... start, we'll, we'll, we'll start calling you Iceland instead. <laughs> <laughs> so why isn't City playing? I see that that and Villa got postponed and Burnley and United got because postponed. Because of COVID? No, I think it's because of European competition. Every team had to be guaranteed a month off. Because uh, huh. United were the same with Europa. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because I like our team hasn't even had a training session together yet. So well, that's because you guys all have COVID. So that's why. It's not. It's not that's everyone true. else's fault. That's like PSG trying to like get Ligue on to suspend games when they went to Ibiza and got all all got COVID. I will say this, though. That gives Ake a chance to play early. And I have to say, watching him today, there was a goal scored that he got blamed for. That was Van Dyke's fault, but nobody would ever blame Van Dyke. Um, but I think he's going to be a good 
better than average signing for us, and I don't think a lot of people think. Oh, that. I think he's going to be really good for y'all. I think he actually is. He's, yep, that's I what think I, he can turn into be like probably one of your stalwarts at the back there. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was. I mean, with no Laporte, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was our starting left back not long into the future. He's he's a classic Chelsea player that they let go that gets signed by a big club and turns into a beast. So because he's only he's only yep. twenty five too. So anyway, all right, boys. Well, any more for any more? Or is that should we call it there? I'll say one more thing. Just uh, just remember, whenever you think it could be bad, you could have the Man United third kit (laughs) as your work uniform. Oh, my God. How did we get this far without that? Good God. Please, I'm actually going to – I will make that the social media picture for this pod. (laughs) So, so if you're looking – You never go full zebra. Never never go full third kit and never go full – like, that's the definition of the the full kit wanker if anybody ever ends up wearing the full thing there. So, well, it's like those lads have to turn up and wear that at work. Like if you were six, 16, year, 16 years old getting your first job and you show up at, you know, Frankie's Fun Park and they say, right, mate, you're in charge of the go-karts. Here's your uniform. You tell them, you tell them to do one. Yeah, you wouldn't Here even... we are. <laughs> you know, multi-million pound industry and you're making them look like they should be serving ice cream at Friendlies. None, dude. Ice cream at Friendlies, is, that's being generous. Like they look awful. Oh, it's oh, horrendous. That's just the guy added us I as mean, a City fan as well. Is The kit design is a City fan. <laughs> Has to be. Has to be. Well, after our third kits the last two years, I, I shouldn't be one to talk, but that takes the cake. Like, there's nothing even close. Well, like we said, even if you, if you just committed to the top being that crazy and then just did, like, solid black socks and shorts. But, no, to go the full kit, oh, my God, it's so bad. I'm hoping it's a joke. I, I imagine after this laughter that's come from it that – Somebody's there's going to be a PR move next week where they're like, "Oh, that was a joke. We're not wearing that." <laughs> Just the immediate joke, right? Yeah. Oh gosh, man. I don't know. I don't know. Arsenal's white kit, interesting. The new Liverpool kit, sweet though. I do like that one. Yeah, it's good looking. Yeah. So anyway, all right, boys. Well, you have a good night. I'll keep you updated on uh, the Premier League, and we'll go from there. All right. All right, boys. See you in a bit. See you. Later, boys.